0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast Coming to you from the Playdraft Studios With your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Welcome into the podcast, the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast, to be precise. I am your foe. I am your host. I am your host, Mike, the Fantasy Hitman. Right. I am joined by my fantastic colleagues, Ben Cummins. You find him on Twitter at Ben Cummins FF.
1: Ben, the season is upon us. Can you contain yourself? I absolutely cannot. We made it, baby. It's been a long, arduous winter off season, all of that, but we're back. Football, regular season football is here, and we are joined as well by
0: Chris Meany from the Fantasy Sports Network. Find him on Twitter at Chris Meany. Chris, how how is it going up north?
2: It's going. Hey, football is here, Ben. I just want to know, like, how many lineups have you put together so far, like? just like a ballpark figure
1: oh man you know I've just I've just been tinkering I don't like to submit anything until I know all of the injury news and we'll talk a little bit about that I'm sure so I haven't actually submitted anything other than one lineup but I've been tinkering in my excel sheet of course so about 10 15 I'm looking at what about you man
2: yeah I'm with you good call (laughs) you know nothing is locked in yet I got some tentative lineups that I like uh but you're right the injury uh the injury news is key I think That's
1: that right, that the, but the fever is definitely there. I cannot wait to start locking them in. So. The DGens, I, I, the I think, are thinking.
0: lying to everyone right now over <laughs> there. I haven't I've only gonna put in ten lineups this week. <laughs> ben is a, you are a filthy liar, Ben. And that's and just we the know start, man.
1: That's just the start. It's only Thursday.
0: Hey, like I said, welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. This is going to be the first real, real podcast where we're we're talking actual picks. It's week one time. It's time to get into FanDuel. It's time to get into DraftKings. It's time to get into play draft, get those lineups in. So let me tell you kind of how this show is going to work. We're going to break down a few segments. We're going to give you some cash picks that we are very confident in. We're going to talk about some tournaments, those GPP picks that we think have huge upside and and we're looking to plug into our lineups we're going to take a look at the Vegas spread, see if there's any real strong news, some, some answers that we can pull out of that data. We'll take a look at ownership because ownership is a big deal when it comes to getting those lineups into the tournaments. You know, you want to be a little bit contrarian, try and get the picks that maybe, maybe people are avoiding. So we're working with Fanshare and, and what they are doing over there. I'll talk about them a little bit later when we get to it. Going to give you our favorite stacks of the week. And then the main event for us as the hosts of this show, we are going mono, e-mono, e-mono with a lineup. We're going to put a, a DraftKings lineup together and, and just head-to-head-to-head. To head to head. Not sure what the punishment is yet, but it's going to be Ooh. terrible. And, it better be brutal. Let us you know. To, you got to remove your face. <laughs> if you lose, if you lose a particular week or week, but so let, let's get to get into it. We're going to jump into these cash picks straight cash, homie. Let's start at the quarterback position. Chris meany my friend, you wrote over at the ultimate DFS, uh, ultimate DFS pass that Matt Ryan is looking like a strong pick. So talk to people into Matt Ryan.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, there's not much as to... How am I going to talk people into Matt Ryan? Like, <laughs> there's a fair point. Mean, Matt Ryan can really only go down from here, fellas. But yeah, Matt Ryan, fantastic. Career highs across the board last season. This is just, yeah, his matchup against Chicago. I understand that it is on the road. I get that. Uh, but the Bears' defense doesn't really scare me all that much. Certainly, they're secondary. They have nobody that can stop Julio Jones. Devontae Freeman looks healthy. He can catch. Tevin Coleman is healthy. He can catch. they got... Got a gadget guy and Tyler Gabriel, Taylor Gabriel, who can play uh, Muhammad Sanu. They, they just uh, so many weapons there uh, for Matt Ryan. So I think this is a terrific matchup for him. And if you're over at FanDuel, uh, eighty-five hundred dollars, I think that's a fair price for him.
0: Absolutely. So Ben, uh, switching gears. So you know, still maybe you want to save a little bit of that quiche. Marcus Mariota, he looks primed. Uh, he's in a huge over under of the week are you are you feeling the
1: juice for Marcus Mariota it feels so good to be talking about actual specific plays for week one yeah I am feeling it man I'm feeling it in cash and GPP like you said second highest over under of the entire week set at 50 and a half the Raiders defense ranked eighth worst in past DVOA and gave up the ninth most passing yards last season great offensive line he has rushing upside his defense isn't that good that's why that over-under is so high because we know the Raiders are going to put up points, too. He has rushing upside. They brought in Eric Decker, Corey Davis, who, even though he missed a lot of time this offseason, is going to be out there at least some. He's got Rashard Matthews, Delaney Walker, a pass catcher out of the backfield, and DeMarco Murray. A lot to like about Marcus Mariota in Week 1. Why
0: don't you tell the people real quick what DVOA is because that's a little bit more of a, a high-level stat and i want to make sure everyone is on the up and up with what we're talking about
1: definitely we threw it out in one of the uh shows leading up to this but yeah it's just it's a football outsider stat that kind of takes passing yards allowed and just kind of adds some steroids to it because it 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 treats it in terms of a league average situation it takes into account if you give up 13 yards on a pass play if it's third and 15, that's not as big of a deal because you don't give up a first down. So it takes situations into account and kind of makes it more of a, an important stat that gives us more background rather than just throwing out there, oh, this team gives up a lot of pass yards because obviously with game script, if a team is winning all the time, a team like the Patriots is probably going to give up a few more pass yards because they're always winning and the other team's coming from behind. So it allows us to look at it um, in, in, you know, in more specific terms rather than just looking at something that might not be as accurate. To moving over a little bit to
0: the running back position, a guy that I am trying to sneak into all my lineups, which is funny because if you, if you listen to the fantasy footballers podcast, you know that I'm not really a big fan of this running back for season long, but this matchup is super juicy. Todd Gurley gets to take on the Colts, the Colts and the Colts gave up nearly 28 DraftKings points to the running back position per game last season. You can get him for just 6K. I mean, I I love – you know, we all – and obviously, here, this goes without saying, we'd love to get Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson into every cash game uh, lineup, but we're trying to go at least a a little bit deeper than the top two studs. And I think that Todd Gurley is an excellent play uh, this week against the Colts. They finished dead last in DVOA, like the the, – the numbers that Ben was talking about Chris are you comfortable leaning on Todd Gurley if you do not have DJ or Lev in your lineup
2: yeah he he's one of the first players I've plugged into the majority of my lineups yeah I mean I loved it right away when I saw the pricing I saw Derek McFadden at $6,100 and I see Todd Gurley at 6k on DK even $7,300 on Fandle yeah I mean you just had all the stats there. Uh, Indy's 4.7 yards per attempt allowed the third highest mark in football. Uh, They have some holes on their defense. Even Davis is out now. Their secondary is a mess. Uh, Gurley, just everything you read up on Gurley and – just how motivated this guy is. And, you know, he's one of the few people that does follow the fantasy football community. And he talks about how last season he should have been a number one overall pick and how he disappointed everybody. We got McVeigh in there and a new offense, new shiny toys for Jeff Goff uh, or Jared Goff. So yeah, there's a lot to like about Todd Gurley. He, he's one of the guys that I plug in and I think he's going to have a huge day. And from a season standpoint, Mike, I'm I'm in on this guy. I think he's. Uh, Boo! Get out How? of here, Minnie. We're not talking about season long on this show because you shouldn't. <laughs> but you're the one who said you're not in on him from a season standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I, and I stand by it. I stand hey, by it. That's fair. <laughs> um, it all starts week one against the Colts for Todd Gurley.
1: I lean a little bit more closer with uh, with Mike on the season long, but this is a perfect example of especially in week one where everybody is still in redraft mode. You have to get completely out of that mode, and you have to love Gurley for all the reasons you guys talked about. Lance Dunbar also was brought in to be the pass catching back. He is out. He's not going to play. Gurley averaged about two more targets per game when Benny Cunningham missed over the last two years. He is gone. He is in Chicago. So not only is that rushing game script going to be favorable because luck's out and they're now the favorites at home which you usually don't get with Gurley. but he also should see more work in the passing game which is a boom in dfs when we're dealing with ppr scoring formats
0: all right chris give me another running back uh, play for your cash games
2: well, I, I like Melvin Gordon, who could be, well, Sean McCoy is one, certainly, but he's high-priced, and or he's, sure. I feel like he's going to be highly owned as well. So Melvin Gordon, a lot of people look at Denver, and it's like, oh, you know, you, you can't really score a lot of points on these guys, and they got a great secondary. And if you look at just last season, Gordon, 54 touches in two games against the Broncos last season. He racked up 400, or 200, 400 would be nice, 249 <laughs> total yards. There's nobody there to take away those goal-line touches from. Melvin Gordon. And Denver allowed the fifth most yards per game on the ground last season. Yes, they are a tough team to pass on, but you can run on this team. So uh, Melvin Gordon is one of those guys, and and what I look at when I'm looking at running backs and which guys to put into my lineup is who's going to get those touches. I mean, Ben, you just talked about the catches. That's a plus. Melvin Gordon is certainly going to do that as well. He's going to be that guy inside the red zone. They could have some problems throwing the ball. Melvin Gordon is going to be in a couple of my lineups for sure.
0: I love the contrarian uh, aspect of going Gordon because you're right. I mean, Denver's rush defense was was not scary at all last year, but the, the actual prestige and allure – of that defense feels like, well, I got, I'm, I want to avoid them at all costs. So I think Melvin Gordon's a good pick there. Give us one more running back pick, Ben, before we move into the wide receivers.
1: Uh, let's go a little bit unique too. Let's go with Carlos Hyde just because he's such a value in terms of his price, and obviously we've, you know, we've talked about it all this time leading up to this in. Cash, You're looking for that guaranteed workload. And what we saw from Carlos Hyde in the preseason, which I didn't anticipate this, which is why my viewpoint on him has changed, is he was the stud. He was the workhorse. And, you know, they brought in all these guys. Well, they essentially cut them all. Joe Williams is now on IR. So we know he's the guy. They're playing at home. It's not a phenomenal matchup, which is why I lean Hyde in cash over GPP, even though because he's so cheap, you can look at him there as well. But again, because of the price and his guaranteed opportunity, he should catch some passes as well. He's a guy, if you're trying to get some of these you know, stud wide receivers in your cash game lineup as well, you can plug in Hyde at a cheaper price and get that workload. I'm
0: going to move it over to the wide receivers, and the guys that I want to start this conversation with are the men in black the wide receivers yes. for the Oakland Raiders i mean this this thing should just be full of absolute goodness a reminder the raiders titans over under is over 50 points and amari oh. cooper and michael crabtree will be the benefactors of that situation now i don't mind if people want to go with amari cooper i get it he's he he is the big play Guy on the outside for this team, but you know, seventy-two hundred on DraftKings, seventy-six hundred on FanDuel. Me personally, I'm saving a couple bucks and I'm shifting my focus down and I'm looking at Michael Crabtree six thousand on on DraftKings, and that is that's a steal and that's a deal and a bargain that I am not passing up. So, in my cash lineups, I'm looking to get as much exposure to Crabtree as I can get. Do you guys disagree with me, Ben? Would you go Cooper, pay up, or are you going to try and go a little thrifty with Crabtree?
1: No, I'm right there with you. We're talking about cash, and obviously I think that you can make the argument that Cooper offers a little bit more upside, which is a conversation for tournaments. But in cash, like you said, I mean, he's much cheaper than uh, Cooper, especially on DraftKings. They really shouldn't be that far apart in salary. Obviously, we know that they basically made up 50% or close to it of the target share last year that should con- that should continue and we know that they basically kind of switched off on their huge weeks and so we don't really know which one it's going to be but like you said we know that the matchup is great the titans ranked sixth sixth worst in past dvoa last year obviously they bring in logan ryan and first round pick rookie Adoree jackson as the new cornerbacks but neither one of those guys are matches for cooper and crab so when you're looking at you know when we're making cash game lineups here you're trying to save a little bit of money but like we're talking about, obviously get that guaranteed opportunity, especially in such a fantasy-friendly game. In cash, I'm leaning Crabtree as well.
2: A little bit surprised with the pricing. I mean, you guys just talked about it. $7,200 on DraftKings for Cooper, and you look at Crabtree, at $6,000. I mean, we don't want to talk much about season-long. Again, I'm going to bring it up, but it's just what I look at is save the money it's like it's like the drafting yeah there's upside in cooper and you nailed it ben he's more of a probably a better play in tournaments but it's crabtree who's been safer in two seasons in oakland this guy has 34 red zone targets 34 red zone targets compared to only 20 for cooper and cooper has zero catches inside the 10 in his nfl career they holy crabtree yeah, I didn't I didn't even know that one. That's Zero catches wow. inside the 10. And if, if they look to Crabtree, he is that guy for Carr. Yes, they bring in Lynch, who's going to be a red zone threat as well, but we've seen it now for two years. Even Seth Roberts had more red zone targets than Cooper last season. <laughs> yeah. It is Crabtree, and he's the guy. He's the safe play. That's All right, one of the Chris. most
1: disgusting stats ever.
0: <laughs> it, it certainly is. Chris, who is a guy that you are building your wide receiver core around in cash? Well, uh,
2: well. We just talked about one for sure of course. Crabtree. But yeah, I'll throw another guy out there, and it, it, this is another guy that I just really like, and it's Doug Baldwin. It's Doug Baldwin. At FanDuel, he's $7,500, and on DraftKings, he's $6,700, and there's a big enough sample size here now. Doug Baldwin has 21 touchdowns in his last 26 games. That's including postseason. You know when he went off two years ago and right around the midpoint season? It's like, oh, he can't keep that up. Last season was a pretty good year for him too. This is a good matchup. Despite Russell Wilson struggling for whatever reason against Green Bay, this is, again, a a high total in this football game. Uh, We're looking at 50.5. Now, these lines will change a little bit, but not that much. So 50.5, that's a high total. Seattle in Green Bay. They're probably going to have to play a little bit of catch-up. Doug Baldwin is safe, and he's a guy that I want to put in the majority of my lineups.
0: How about you, Ben? Do you agree with
1: that? Yeah, I like Baldwin a lot. Another guy I would touch on is Larry Fitzgerald. And and again, these guys, I you know, you can make the argument to play them in GPPs too, but definitely in cash for a guy like Fitzgerald who ran 63.3% of his routes from the slot last year, and he's projected to see Quandre Diggs in that slot. Uh, Diggs was PFF's 94th ranked cornerback last season. It's just an amazing matchup for him and one of my personal favorite uh fantasy games of the week Vegas has it set as an over under of 48 which is a pretty healthy line think there's going to be a lot of points scored and obviously we know that Bruce Arians is not happy with his wide receiver core right now he didn't have nice things to say other than Fitzgerald and Jerron Brown in the preseason and I think that that you know we just see Fitzgerald come out hot again like he has done the last couple years sure he might fade later in the season but we don't care about that at all in week one DFS and a great matchup
2: yeah, he's a target target hog. I mean, 150 last season, 145 before that. I love this play, Fitzgerald. And you go look at FanDuel. I mean, if you want to get not too creative and just play it safe in a cash contest, you could get Bell, DJ, and afford nice wide receivers like Larry Fitzgerald at FanDuel. $6,400. I mean, that's just not right.
0: Let's shift it over to the tight end position and... Uh, this may come as a surprise to the listener. I think for the those who are plugged in, I mean Zach Ertz is just completely undervalued right now when it comes to these salaries. And I would try to get him into as many lineups as possible. Only thirty five hundred bucks over on DraftKings. I mean, it, and you're seeing FanDuel has him priced a little bit higher, at fifty nine hundred. You're seeing, you know, that uh, almost two point eight three percent. Savings, if you if you're wanting to play him over on DraftKings, uh, it just I think he is going to be an absolute vacuum for targets. He he crushed Washington last last season. It's it's new guys on the team. I mean, it's Alshon. He's got a new one. He's got a new two and Torrey Smith. Nelson Aguilar is really he's really a new player on the team too even though he technically has been on the team for a while but but now he's actually a starter jordan matthews i mean the the original safety blanket for carson wentz is gone he's a buffalo bill so i love zach ertz i think that his his payoff is going to be huge compared to his salary who else are you looking to plug into a lineup at the tight end position chris
2: you know, Mike. I just want to. It's or if we want to keep talking Zach Ertz. Ertz. Yeah, that's fine with me. I want to give a little <laughs> bit more love. I really do. I, th- I I will say this. I think he'll be a popular pick in tournaments because you said sure it. his price is not fair. Uh, but it, it's a pretty big enough sample size here against Washington for whatever reason. His last five games against him, three 100 yard games, averaging 10.8 targets, 8.2 receptions, and 76.4 yards. His final five games last season with Wentz. Eight receptions per game, 88 yards per game. You nailed it with the wide receivers. And there's some talk that Josh Norman is going to have Alshon Jeffrey to deal with. And without Jordan Matthews last year, Ertz averaged 15 targets per game. This is a really good play uh, if you're thinking about cash. Uh, And I I guess I'll just go another way because, you know, I'm not crazy about this play, and it could be a little bit risky. um, But I need to see what happens here with Odell Beckham Jr., because even Brandon Marshall is not a hundred percent. Evan Ingram is staring Whoa, at me a little bit. Cash here. Cash meaning. Staring at me Ooh, just whoo. a little bit here at twenty nine hundred dollars. And I know it's not completely safe, but this guy doesn't look like a tight end. He can catch. He can make things happen when he has the ball. I actually don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to play. I look at Dallas, and I look at about seven starters off that defense not on that team anymore. I think this is a secondary that we're going to be able to pick on, and I think in Sunday night primetime game, Evan Ingram. But I think you're going to want to hear some news about Odell Beckham Jr. before if this guy's going to get out on the football field. Maybe a little bit of safer play. is also a little bit crazy, uh, is Charles Clay. It's Charles Clay. Oh, because... I love Clay. Love
0: that. Point. Yeah.
2: Know, I mean... There's some new guys here in Buffalo as well. We're talking about Philadelphia, having some new guys. Jordan Matthews leaves Philly. He goes to Buffalo. He hasn't seen a whole lot of Tyrod Taylor, who has dealt with a concussion, who is expected to play in this football game. Zay Jones is a rookie. Clay's biggest issue has been health, but for right now, he is healthy. Clay had 30 targets to go along with four touchdowns in his final four games last season, and the Jets allowed 10 touchdowns to tight ends last year, which was the third most in the league, and their defense probably got worse. All right Ben, who do you got?
1: Listen, I don't know about cash, but as soon as cuz I also don't think Odo Beckham's going to play, as soon as he's ruled out, I'm going to have plenty of Evan Ingram in GPPs, believe that. Uh, and cash, uh let's go let's just stick with, you know, one of our favorite games of the week. Let's talk about Delaney Walker because again, like we said, Corey Davis basically missed the entire preseason, he's going to be a part-time player in Week One. Eric Decker, who Mike, I think you like, is you know he's going to play be in his first legit action with Come his on new now. team. So there's Come a potential for him to start a little bit slow. I know you don't want to hear that, though.
0: No, I'm not. No, I'm not listening to any of that with Eric Decker. <laughs> Get right. out of here. He's like, a right. Eric, De- Eric Decker. Eric Decker, me, he, he is just touched the touched the sixth most. Receiving touchdowns since 2010. I mean, get out of here with your Eric Decker (laughs) fade over
1: there. Yeah, and there's a ton to like uh, in this game and in the red zone. And Delaney's part of that. He's sixth and fourth among tight ends and red zone targets under Mariota over the last two years. And obviously, we've already harped on how bad the Raiders' defense is. So I like him and Cash a little bit more than GPPs because there's another pass catcher that we'll get to a little bit later on that team that I like in GPP.
2: I I do want to say this about Decker. I mean, you look at Marcus Mariota and he has all these nice toys. He really does. And he goes into year three, but who has he spent the most time with is, is, is Delaney Walker. I mean, Richard Matthews for one year, he hasn't really thrown a lot of balls to Decker. Uh, Davis hasn't spent a lot of time on the field, either has Taylor. Uh, There's a little bit of a connection there. you got two backs that can catch. They still are a run-heavy team. So Delaney Walker, uh, I think, is a fantastic play, and what we already talked about is going to be a high-scoring game.
0: A couple of our favorite cash defenses for the week, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You want the analysis? They're playing the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Kaiser's very first game as a rookie and on Boom. top of that they're they're an excellent defense. They if, if you weren't paying attention to the the Pittsburgh defense last year, the second half they really improved. And then I'm going to throw out the Falcons who the Falcons are are playmakers. They are it's a young, really athletic team. There are sacks galore waiting for Mike Glennon and, and interceptions, just big plays. So I love trying to get the Falcons in, but I want to move things over. And, and, and let's, let's talk some tournament plays. You down with GPP? So we got to get a little riskier here in the tournaments. We're going for upside. We're going for contrarian. We're going for players that may be a little bit off the radar. So let's get nuts. Ben, give me a quarterback that, I want, that I'm going to start a tournament team with.
1: Let's go, man. That cash game talk, you know, got my engine running, but I'm really going now. The blood uh, is the uh, blood is boiling.
2: You want to get nuts? Let's get <laughs> Let's get
1: nuts. All right. Well, look, I'm starting with Aaron Rodgers and I, and I, you know, I wrote about this as well. So go check this out. You know, there's some other guys we've written about as well, but I just absolutely love Aaron Rodgers. When you look at this slate, there's very few home quarterbacks other than Mariota, like we talked about that really get me excited. And Aaron Rodgers is at home and, you know, we're talking about tournaments. So we're trying to get guys, especially studs at somewhat low own percentages. And I think that a good amount of your competitors are going to look at Seattle. They're going to be afraid of the matchup and they're not going to play Aaron Rodgers. But if you look at what he did at the end of last season and really not much should have changed going into the beginning of this year, because Ty Montgomery is still the starting running back. Yeah. They drafted a couple, but they really were just replacing the running backs that that left the James Starks is of the world. So I think that this offense still revolves around Aaron Rodgers. We saw him in Week 13 against Seattle essentially sit the entire fourth quarter because he destroyed them so bad. And then he does the same thing to Minnesota in Week 15, and everybody remembers the wild card game against the Giants. So we say all that to basically say he's matchup proof, and we know that Rodgers historically avoids – really tough matchups. And we know that the uh, opening game back in 2014, he literally didn't even throw at Richard Sherman once, I believe. And so we know that he's probably not going to throw at that side of the field very much. Well, on the other side of the field, he's going against Jeremy Lane and Shaquille Griffin, who will be starting his first NFL game. And the, the players that usually line up over there are Jordy and Cobb. I think he picks those very, very good matchups apart. And, Again, I'm playing him because he's the best quarterback on the slate, and people are going to be afraid of afraid of Seattle.
0: All right, Chris, who who you, who you rolling with in some tournaments?
2: I will say this about Rodgers, though. And Uh-oh. I do agree that people are going to be a little afraid, so it makes me want to like him a little bit more. Yes, Rodgers is a beast, but his second lowest total in his last seven games, that was that game against Seattle. Uh, but even still, I, I kind of feel you, Ben, in a way, and that's why I kind of like Ben Roethlisberger, because, yes, he's extremely expensive, especially over there on DK. Uh, he's right up at the top at $7,300. And there's a, lo- a lot has been made about his splits. A ton has been made about this over the past couple years. And what I see, I go to 2014. I go to that season with the killer bees. I'm talking Martavis Bryant. I'm talking Le'Veon Bell. I'm talking Antonio Brown. A- in that 2014 season, he had a career-high 32 touchdowns, 4,900 yards. I know this is against Cleveland, and it could be there. It could be a game script where in the second half, they just give a lot of Bell. Well, Bell can catch two. And in that season with Big Ben, I mean, he didn't really struggle on the road. He had two games, back-to-back games, where he threw six touchdowns. That's the kind of upside that he brings. I don't think anybody is going to be paying up for Big Ben because he's so expensive and because there's that narrative on the road. So uh, I'm actually okay in a couple GPPs uh, to roll out Big Ben.
1: Let me throw this at you real quick, and I think you're totally right that that narrative on the road is probably going to scare some people, but the nine-point favorites is what – scares me a little bit about Big Ben in tournaments because it's essentially what you just threw out about Rodgers. That's the hidden val- That's the hidden information there that not many people are going to realize. But I went back and I watched that game and Rodgers literally almost sat the entire fourth quarter because they blew Seattle out. I'm not anticipating the Packers blowing Seattle out again, and I see this being a high-scoring game, and Vegas sees that as well, literally having the Packers-Seahawks as the highest over-under of the week, and I'm afraid for that, that same situation for Big Ben, which is why I like him a little bit more in cash because I could see him either sitting in the fourth quarter or probably more likely just handing the ball off because they have a comfortable lead, which limits his upside a little bit, which is why I would lean Rodgers over Big Ben personally. A quarterback that I'm
0: considering, speaking of of getting nuts, I mean, maybe it's not too nuts because, let's be honest, he just threw – he was the most accurate quarterback of all time. Of course, I'm I'm, I'm talking about Sammy Biscuits, Sam Bradford, (laughs) who we saw steady improvement from last year. Do do remember – he was not even there to play week one. Well, he was there, but he wasn't ready to play week one because he had just been traded from the Eagles over to Minnesota. And then when North Turner resigned as the offensive coordinator, you really saw the passing offense start to take off. Sam Bradford gets to open up at home against the New Orleans Saints. And actually, from what I've seen, the Saints defense does look improved, but still, uh, I – It wouldn't shock me if this thing turns into a little bit of a a mini shootout. So I am fully confident in in rolling out some tournament lineups that include my man, Sam Bradford. Do you guys think that is too nuts, Ben, or or are you willing to throw out out, uh, big shoulder pads there for your tournament?
1: No, I don't think it's too nuts. If you're playing in a contest that has the Monday games in it, I think he's absolutely in play. I wrote about him in the Cash article. But he was considered for the GPP article for the the reasons that, you know, you threw out there. I mean, it's just a phenomenal matchup. We know that he's had, you know, let's let's go narrative a little bit. We know he's had the full offseason to prepare as the quarterback after being traded for, you know, right before the season last year. I believe it's the second time in, in his entire career where he will have the same offensive coordinator going into a second season in a row. Pat Shermer has a history of liking to throw the ball a lot. And so there there's a lot to like about about Sam Bradford this week.
2: Yeah, I'm in on that as well. You wanna you wanna get a little bit more nuts? <laughs> I got one you know for it. you. I Oh I got do one it, for do you. Do it, do GPP. it GPP. Oh, it's coming. It's Jared Goff. Oh, yeah, no. That's right. Oh, okay, okay. Goff. I'm going completely off the board here at GPP. Sometimes I like to put together a lineup and I look at it and I almost throw up. And it's like this lineup. Yes. Is I would throw ready. up, meaning And, man, I'm talking about the Colts. I already talked about Vontae Davis. how he's not going to suit up in this game. Indianapolis allowed the sixth most passing yards per game, which is, this is a good spot for Goff. We're talking about how you guys like Gurley. Gurley can catch the ball as well. They can't stop the run. They can't stop anything through the air. He's got a new toy and Sammy Watkins I'm sure he's going to take a couple shots with down the field all I need is one or two of those shots to find the end zone I think that he can throw two or three touchdowns in this game he's got Cooper Cup who he already has a little bit of a rapport with 10 plus catches a touchdown in preseason yes he was preseason but at least I saw something in those games so uh, I'm telling you a new a new system in L.A. I don't love golf long-term. This isn't a guy that I'm going (laughs) to roll out all the time. I just think that this is a decent spot, and I'm telling you, there's not a lot of people are going to be in on this guy, and it kind of allows you to spend up elsewhere on some other plays, like Julio Jones, like Le'Veon Bell.
1: Well, listen, let me piggyback off Chris and throw one more out there for the people real quick because it's a very similar thought process, and it's going to make you throw up, but it is Deshaun Kaiser because they set – what are you guys
0: doing to me over here? Listen,
1: listen, listen. They set the salaries before Deshaun Kaiser became the starter. So on DraftKings four thousand eight hundred, I mean it's just bottom of the basement price, and on FanDuel six thousand. And so just to kind of show you guys the thought process that we have, these are not going to be my favorite lineups by any means, but I probably will make a couple lineups with Kaiser because he's so cheap at a position where we know it's important. But we talked about this in our shows leading up to this. Running back is more important, and you want to save that money to be able to go get those studs. Well, Deshaun Kaiser offers you more salary availability to go get a Lev Bell, a David Johnson, and still be able to go get some other guys that you feel really good about as well. And, you know, look, it's not great, but if he's able, he has some rushing upside, if he's able to get you to 15, to 20, and you're able to roster a ton of studs that ball out, there's a chance.
2: And to your point, Ben, when you were talking about, you know, the Steelers being favored in this game, you know, they're probably going to have to play a little bit of a catch up here. Yes. Right. So he's going to be throwing the ball in the second half. There's also that narrative as well.
0: All right. I need I need some full on GPP Pepto Bismol after <laughs> those. That is just disgusting. <laughs> so I'm going to shift it over. Uh, I'm just going to bring up the name and then I'm going to let you guys go to town. Ben. Cleanse my palate with Christian McCaffrey, who gets to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Are you rolling him out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we all love Christian McCaffrey, the player, and it all comes down to the opportunity. And so that's kind of the fear in, in week one. But that also makes him a GPP play because he's a little bit cheaper. Uh, you know, again, going to free up some salary. And it's all about the matchup. I mean, he gets the 49ers that literally gave up the most rushing yards, most rushing touchdowns and ranked second worst in run DVOA last season. I mean, we remember just literally targeting San Francisco every single week. Uh, Obviously, they bring in some draft picks that are going to help a little bit, but they did also sign Malcolm Smith in the offseason, who was probably going to start for them. He's already been lost for the year, so it's not like they're going to be improved all that much. And it's like, yeah, Yeah, Jonathan Stewart is, uh, you know, he is fearful that he can take some touches. There's a report that he's going to be the short yardage back. But it's just there is this small – Uh, percentage within his range of outcomes where McCaffrey just comes out shows us literally exactly what he did in college and takes two for 60 to the house and if he's going to do it which listen I promise you he's going to have three at least three 60 yard touchdowns this year Uh, this is probably one of the best matchups where he's going to have a chance to do it because the 49ers run d is terrible
2: it's awful
0: all right I'll throw out a pick here that uh, I kind of teased this uh, on last week uh, with Ben, where Ben was talking about some, some lessons that he has learned over the years playing DFS. So make sure you go back and grab that episode if you haven't heard it, but Amir Abdullah, and this is, this is uh one of those plays it's like Melvin Gordon against the Broncos where you go, uh, well, the Arizona defense, they've been, they've been great for years. And yes, the Arizona passing defense will continue to be amazing, but the run defense, is going to be super leaky. They lost Calais Campbell on the line, and that's a big loss that they are trying to uh, use Robert Kimdichie to plug, and good luck. We'll, we'll see what he can do. Uh, the safety hybrid, Deion Buchanan, who's a big run, not big, but he is a powerful run stuffer in the middle, he will not be playing. Amir Abdullah is at home. He's cheap. He's going to be involved in the passing game. they All talk offseason has been Amir Abdullah is our running back. They didn't address it in the draft. They they didn't address things in free agency. They, in fact, just cut Matt Asiata, who people are like, oh, well, maybe Asiata is going to get some goal line carries like he did in Minnesota. Amir Abdullah is the man, and I think that he is a perfect upside play, and you're getting him for pennies on the dollar right now. Yeah,
1: when we're talking about tournament plays, you want to have a little bit of sneaky information that the majority of your competitors aren't going to pay attention to. And I think that the, you know, double wrist surgery for Theo Riddick in the offseason has gone just completely overlooked. And yeah, I mean, we're not talking about a knee or a leg or anything like that. Uh, but he didn't play in the first two preseason games at all. He came back, Theo did, and played a little bit in preseason week three. But based on the preseason usage, and you know, and again, I think it's because Amir Abdullah missed a ton of time last year too, but based on the preseason usage, you see him getting more run. He looks great, and I think that there is a chance where he comes out and just outtouches Theo Riddick a lot more than we thought due to the slow nature of Riddick coming back from his injuries.
2: And there's something to say about both of them actually being productive. Last year, week one against the Colts, it was Amir Abdullah who had 12 carries, 63 yards. It was Theo Riddick who had seven for 45 and a score. But they both caught five balls and had a receiving touchdown. They are both going to be uh, involved in this offense, and they're both passing options for Matthew Stafford. And, yeah, you know this, Mike. I mean, it could be tough I mean, Detroit could be in tough, especially Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. There's some great defensive players on Arizona. So uh, you just get that added bonus for those checkdowns from Stafford.
0: Chris, can you give us one more GPP running back before we move it over to the wide receiver position?
2: Well, since you guys, you know, made me stop talking about Bilal Powell, it's time to start <laughs> talking about Bilal Powell. Yeah. Yes. No. That's right. It's time to start talking about the guy no. who had – he had, listen to this. Final four games of the season last year, 411 yards on 82 attempts. It's 5.0 yards per carry. He got 21 balls for 141 yards. He had 11 catches in a game, six games with five-plus catches. His last game of the season last year against Buffalo, he had over 100 yards. Bills allowed over. Th- they allowed three guys, three Guys, to have 200-plus yards against them last season, Powell is a running back that can catch the ball. He's basically their only option in this passing game. What are we talking about, Robbie Anderson? Come on here. It's Powell. It's checkdowns. They're going to be down in this game. And if you look last season – when they were kind of up in games, it was Forte. When they were down in games, it was Powell. And a little bit shocked that Buffalo is nine-point favorites in this game because they're bad, uh, but Powell is going to be involved in this game. He is super cheap. Uh, so, yeah, in, in GPPs, I'm going to put him out there for sure.
0: All right, Ben, give me your favorite wide receiver tournament play for week one.
1: Oh, it's, it's Randall Cobb. It's Randall Cobb. Uh, you know, we've been talking about it. I've been I've been writing about it. Go check it out. Uh, I I basically, you know, I just threw out there why I love Aaron Rodgers, because he's going to pick apart those you know, very, very easy matchups and stay away from Richard Sherman. And Randall Cobb is one of those reasons why he only ran 2% of his routes on Richard Sherman's side of the field. We know historically Sherman does not shadow. Uh, obviously, you know, we touched on the game last year. That, that's the other aspect of this. Rodgers torched him in three quarters, and Randall Cobb was a part time player as he was. He did play that game, but he still was banged up. We know the second half of last year, he was really banged up. Well, Obviously, for now, he's supposed to be healthy, and Cobb projects to see either Jerome Lane, which I threw out there, PFF's 95th-ranked quarterback last year, or Shaquille Griffin, again, who's going to be playing in his very first game. Uh, shout out to Chris Raybon, who's thrown out that the Packers throw more inside the five-yard line than any other team in the league. Uh, you know, in Ty Montgomery, we like him a little bit, too. He has some touchdown upside, but he might not even get those carries because we know we've seen it time and time again when the Packers get down there. This is Rodgers' offense, and we can see some touchdown regression some positive regression start to boomerang back to Cobb if healthy and I could see him catching one or two in this game whereas Devontae Adams is dealing with Richard Sherman on the you know on the other side and and having a little bit more of a quiet game and of course he's GPP because Cobb didn't do that much last year and so he's going to be extremely low owned yet he plays with my favorite quarterback of the entire week one Aaron Rodgers and why I will have plenty of him in tournaments Chris, how about you? Who who are you looking
0: to to build a tournament around? Oh man, there's too many guys I like. There's too many. <laughs> well, you guys have like.
2: to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick one. Uh, obviously, I wrote about a few here uh, in the Ultimate ZFS Pass, uh, but I'll go. Let me go with let me go with DeAndre Hopkins, just because I feel like he's pretty low owned, and, and the Jags have what pro- maybe arguably the the strongest cornerback duo is pretty good in Jacksonville. They didn't give up a whole lot, but I look at the quarterback play here in Houston and I look at Tom Savage and I look at one game last season where Savage targeted DeAndre Hopkins 17 times in that game. So I'm looking at opportunity. I'm looking at volume and I'm looking at just a guy, much like what Ben was saying, when people are going to be off Cobb, maybe they look to Adams. Uh, you know, this is kind of a similar situation in DeAndre Hopkins who is fairly cheap uh, that you can get in both on DraftKings and on Bandool. i'm gonna throw one more guy out there though it's head Ginn, and i know he's starting to get a little bit of buzz here but with willie sneed suspended and xavier rhodes probably giving all the attention to michael thomas this is a pretty good spot for ted Ginn, uh, and he's really cheap as well
0: oh i love it the guy i want to throw out is martavis bryant i have been i have been building this embrace man the up. martian Embr- yeah, embrace the alien he has landed the suspension is gone they uh, the The news on him over this offseason, you're talking 10 to 15 pounds of added muscle since he has last played. He's an absolute athletic freak. He's referred to by the defensive coaches on the Steelers as the guy you cannot cover. He is absolutely dominant. He's going up against the Browns, and it would not be shocking in the slightest to hear the words, Amartavis has riffed off another 50-yard touchdown. It, it, this is in the realm of possible outcomes for this game. So I love grabbing Martavis Bryant while it's very possible that the, the rest of your DFS competitors, they would pull in the whole, well, I got to see it happen first. Yes. Well, pulling that, you know what? When you when you are the person who says, I want to see it happen first, that means you're too late. So-
2: yeah, and we've already seen it. I mean, this guy has – 14 touchdowns in 21 regular season games. He loves touchdowns. He's got two in three postseason games. He's averaged 17.3 yards per reception He's got one but over touchdown. those 21 games. Yeah, exactly. And how awesome was that touchdown? This guy, I agree, this guy is a beast. I love Martavis Bryant. We're in the
1: business of predicting what's going to happen, especially in GPPs like we're talking about. Love that one. And since I teased it earlier, let me throw one more out real quick. It is Rashad Matthews. We've talked about how much we love this game. And again, as you guys can kind of tell you know Mike likes Eric Decker I'm more on Rashard Matthews especially in tournaments because again like we talked about with Delaney Walker these are the two guys in the passing game that have that built-in rapport with Marcus Mariota obviously once they finally put Rashard Matthews on the field and let him be a starter last year he was a legit option and I think again because everybody is in redraft mode and Rashard Matthews was a You know, afterthought, because we're reaching for Corey Davis because of what he can do in the second half of the season because he's missed all of the offseason with an injury, that does not matter for week one. In week one, in an amazing matchup with a high over under, Going against a Raiders pass defense that is not good, and we like everybody else in this game. Rashard Matthews is very, very sneaky at a cheap price. And just a quick public service announcement because we talked about it, but people might forget, this is my favorite way to get contrarian in GPP lineups is to find that cheap wide receiver that's going to be extremely low-owned, which we know Matthews will be, but he has high upside, and I think that's exactly what we got right here. We're
0: going to move it over to the tight end. And I have down here a note for one of our favorite GPP uh, tight end picks. And it's Evan Ingram. But my co-host Chris Meany went complete rogue and <laughs> oh, decided that, that, that he was a cash game play. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't even talk about Evan Ingram. So Chris oh, Meaney, nice. talk uh, me. you that's blew up the bad. script. You got to talk about somebody else. Chris, save the day.
2: At the tight end position? Yes, sir. Oh, man. I'll okay. throw out a
0: name for you. Martellus Bennett. Yes. Are you feeling this? The over-under is so spectacular, as we have been harping on. And we, we saw Bennett catch a touchdown in the preseason. Uh, so I'll, maybe, Ben, you sound excited to talk about Martellus Bennett. What do you, What do you have to say about him? <laughs>
1: yeah I mean if you guys can't tell I'm a little excited about the GPP low Just ownership percentage bit. of Aaron Rodgers this week and I think this is it I think this is the exact same situation that you brought up with Martavis Mike every the majority of your competitors are going to sit there and say well I want to see Martellus do it first with Green Bay before I predict that is not what we're trying to do in tournaments he's going to be low owned he's relatively cheap and listen I I see 303 for Rodgers in this game and so why can't Bennett get one like you said in the preseason he caught that touch if I'm not mistaken, they lined him up out wide when he caught that. So there is extra upside um, if the Packers decide to keep, you know, putting him in the slot a little bit potentially with Cobb on the other side, or line him up out wide and try to get a mismatch. And again, he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. It's in Lambeau. Rodgers historically is better in Lambeau, and everyone's going to see Seattle and not play him. So this is your tight end that's going to be three, four, five percent owned that has high upside. It's all about the process, not the results. Playing Bennett puts you in position to take down a GPP, especially if you stack him with Aaron Rodgers.
2: I love Bennett too. I mean, Seattle had they struggled against the tight end position. They they struggled to cover in the middle of the field, which is just kind of new to what we've seen from for the past couple of years. And that's my bad, Mike. I got super excited about it. No, you're all good. I yeah. seen reports about Odell Beckham Jr. not playing. him just like, ah, Ingram, Ingram. Uh, so yeah, that's my bad.
0: All right, let's move over. We're going to check in uh, with the Wise Guys in Vegas and see if there's uh, just some information that we need to glean from them. Checking in with the Wise Guys. I want to remind everyone, all these picks and much, much more over at the Ultimate DFS Pass, which you can find at ultimatedfspass.com, your one-stop shop for DFS this season, one low price gets you season access to a, just a number of articles every single week from your hosts, Ben Cummins, Chris Meany. And of course, Jake Seely popping his head in there for, for a guest article. And one of the other things that we have on there is this fabulous dynamic, responsive Vegas report. So you can just get a quick snapshot of the high over unders, the high implied team points, because you got to look at that, too. You, when, when you look at a team and go, oh, this over-under is fantastic, until you realize that's because the uh, that the team that's favored is favored to win by 10 points, and suddenly the underdog doesn't look as good. But I just want to run through the top three uh, over-unders of the week. Of course, the Packers, Seahawks, like we've been talking about, the Titans, Raiders, and then the Falcons-Bears. Do not forget that the Falcons-Bears is a 48 48- and a half point over under. Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot here. With a high-scoring game like that, is there anyone from Chicago that you are willing to throw into a tournament lineup of any kind?
2: Yeah, there there actually is. I mean, we can go to Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is one of those guys that I, I feel, you know, semi-comfortable about rolling Do into Do you feel it. cash
0: comfortable uh, with Jordan uh, Howard?
2: Not so much. The one thing I will say about this is that – It's guaranteed touches. I do feel that way about Jordan Howard. I feel like he is going to get uh, a, a lot of play. And, and that's kind of what, you know, you look for when you're looking for a, a running back at, at that position at cash. I mean, that's what you want. You want those goal line touches. And I do think they're going to go that way, uh, for some GPPs, uh, you know, there's Kevin White who, you know, is starting to get a little bit of buzz. Can you trust him? No, that's why you're going to roll him out in a GPP. He has that upside. We've seen that. We may not have seen a lot of it in the NFL, but if you followed his, uh, his college career, he has ability. He has a, a ton of, of talent. He's a big body. They lost Cameron Meredith, who I think all three of us really liked a lot this season. Uh, but Kevin White can go up and get it. And if you know, when you look at the team total, just for Atlanta alone, yeah, they're expected to score a lot of points in this game. And they're going to be have to play in catch-up. You got Kendall Wright in there. You got Zach Miller. There are some guys that you could put into a GPP that I don't think a lot of people will be on. And they're fairly cheap, all of them. We haven't talked much
0: about this team, but the Carolina Panthers have an implied team total of 26.5 points, which is actually the same as the Titans, who are scheduled to be in a high-scoring game. So I mean, clearly people are expecting the Panthers to throttle the 49ers. Besides, we, we did talk a little bit about Christian McCaffrey. Ben, are there any other players from the Panthers that uh, that have uh, the, the blood circulating
1: faster then it should be, and you want to plug them into some lineups. No, not really. And I think that you can't <laughs> – and listen, I'll just, be, I'll just be quick about it. I think that you can make that case because it, people are kind of overlooking them and they do have that high implied point total. I think for me personally, I wanted to talk a little bit about McCaffrey because he's more in the run game and potentially he could see a few more targets because Cam is coming back from a shoulder issue. That's what – That's what kind of gives me pause is, yes, Cam came back and he played in the third preseason game, but he essentially handed the ball off over and over and over and then threw a couple of passes. He did throw a touchdown, but through a couple of passes, they scored a touchdown and he left and I don't think he came back. And so we've seen very, very little from him recovering from the shoulder injury. Obviously, we know what luck's going through. So I'm being a little bit risk averse here and avoiding the Panthers for the most part in GPPs. But if you do want to make the case that you want to go Cam because we've seen the upside and people have the thought process like like me that don't want to play him because of the injury, then sure, that is a reason to play him in a GPP. I'm personally not that excited.
2: I wonder, you you bring up a good point about the shoulder, and I've been thinking a lot about this because you look at San Francisco and they allowed like 30 points per game the most. They have some young players on on the defensive side of the football that can make things happen, but they're still very inexperienced. And I wonder with Cam, because you look at Calvin Benjamin and you look at the start he had last season and just his upside and what he can do, I just wonder if they keep it simple with Cam. It's just maybe just those short throws in the backfield and maybe, you know, in the slot. Samuel will be involved and McCaffrey. So I wonder, and I think that's a good play, but Ben, I just, I'm curious what your thoughts here is. What do you think his ownership is going to be like? Because McCaffrey is one of those guys that a lot of people are talking about, and they've been talking about how explosive he is. This is a terrific matchup, San Francisco. I just, I'm curious in, in GPPs, like how many people do you think are going to be on this guy?
1: On McCaffrey or on Cam? On McCaffrey? Yeah,
2: I'm, a, I'm a McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be a little bit higher because everybody loves the guy and he's going third round redraft um, over and over and over when he probably should go a little bit lower. I still think though that, you know, when you go to set lineups and you're looking at DJ, Bell, Gurley in a great matchup, LaShawn McCoy, uh, you know, Jordan Howard is pretty cheap. You alluded to him, Devontae Freeman. The list goes on. DeMarco Murray, it's gonna be tough for a ton of people to get bullish about it. So I think I still think he's interesting in GPPs, but it, not somebody that I'm super, super high on. I think it would be uh, a little irresponsible of us not to throw out there, since we're talking about the Panthers, that the last time that uh, the Panthers did play San Francisco last year, Cam, Kelvin Benjamin, and Greg Olson stack did win Al Zeidenfeld, the <laughs> Millie Maker, win him a million bucks. So there is that. There is that.
2: Yeah, there weren't too many games where Olsen had those touchdowns, but certainly he showed up. And, Mike, to bring up your point about Howard, Howard was a guy that I was kind of feeling in cash. I mean, seventy at least 77 yards on the ground in his final nine games. And you look at Atlanta, 4.5 yards per carry, uh, you know – top 10 in fantasy points allowed per games to the running back position. But I feel like over the the last few weeks and certainly into the postseason that Atlanta's defense kind of found a stride. And I feel like they're pretty underrated. So it kind of scares me off just a little bit. But I do expect about 20 to 25 touches from Howard, and that is pretty safe.
0: I can tell you that from Fanshare. So let me explain really quick what Fanshare does. Fanshare tracks all of Twitter and they kind of get they have this algorithm where they're they're breaking down the sentiment of players who are being tweeted about and it kind of gives us that you know a a little bit of a predictability into ownership and Christian McCaffrey is their sixth most tagged running back of the week and people are feeling very positive so i think that leans to what you're talking about meaning that he could be a highly owned uh, player for for some for DFS this weekend the last team I want to talk about when it comes to spreads and things is the Texans they're at home they're favored by five and a half points Ben we love running backs who are heavy favorites at home but Lamar Miller has kind of fallen out of favor with fantasy players are you feeling any kind of love for
1: Lamar Miller this weekend in tournament no absolutely not I I I will not do that to myself their implied point total is (laughs) is 22.8 this listen guys DFS is way too hard to begin with because listen to all these guys were breaking down all these games there are games like Texans Jaguars with a over under of 39 and a half where the Texans only are you know, projected to get 22.8, which you know, it's not, I guess it's not terrible, but it's not great. And these are the type of games where, for the most part, I'm just crossing off my list. I'm not worrying about it. I'm going to look at the better fantasy games and try to get some unique guys with upside. Lamar Miller, I don't think he has the upside. And listen, the Jaguars' defense is no slouch. They've improved this offseason. They were okay last year. I get that they were better against the pass. But, no, I'm not doing that to myself. If I'm playing anybody in this game, I want either one of the defenses, and I prefer the Texans. All right, before we move into the main event, the DFS Battle Royale to the,
0: to the death, we're going to talk about some stacks. We're going, to talk, we're going to give you, in fact, our favorite stacks of the week. Stack Attack. All right, I'm going to kick things off because I'm the host and I run the show and I get to do whatever I want. Marcus Mariota, I love him this week. I love him so, so very much. And I've had enough of the Rashard Matthews talk. I don't – Eric Decker. (laughs) Eric Decker does not need chemistry. Look at his face. The ball is attracted <laughs> to him because he is so stunningly handsome. The sixth most re- touchdowns by a receiver since 2010. He is an absolute monster. Marcus Mariota by far, by far the highest percentage of his throws turned into touchdowns last year inside of the 10. We're talking over 60%. Second close is Aaron Rodgers, who's just burned in the distance in the 40s. This is, that's how efficient and how dominant Mariota was throwing inside the 10, and now you give him Eric Decker, one of the most prolific touchdown scorers of our time, vastly underrated. He's good to go. He's in my lineups, and this stack will only cost you in DraftKings about 23.6% of your salary and over at FanDuel, 24.1%. That's my favorite stack of the week. Ben, who you got?
1: Listen, I say Rashard outscores Decker. Let's make a bet. Let's make some type of bet.
0: All right. All right. We'll do a, we'll do a good old fashioned fantasy footballers water bet. You got to, We'll uh, we'll put it up on the Twitter. That, love it, love that it, sound? love it. Let's do it. Okay, write it down, so Brooks. I've,
1: I've, obviously, I've already talked way too much about Rodgers, and I talked about Cobb, so I'm going to switch up my favorite stack, although, listen, that is my favorite. And I'm kind of stepping on Chris's toes here, so I apologize, Chris. I will uh, I will leave the quarterback talk for you, but just let me talk about his wide receiver. I'm talking about Russell Wilson, and this is actually, you know, credit if you've listened this far into the podcast, because actually I did not write about this player, but I'm starting to love him more and more as the week goes on. It's Paul Richardson. And so obviously we're talking for the most part about a tournament stack here, but they just traded Jermaine Kerr. So we got those terrible, you know, the, all the targets that go to him out, how, how bad he was, that's out of the picture. And the reason why I did not write about Paul Richardson is because I wasn't really sure what was going to happen with that wide receiver two spot because Tyler Lockett has been practicing all offseason and pretty much all training camp for the most part. I believe he missed a little bit of time. However, he never played in the preseason, and that's a little bit of a red flag for me. And now Paul Richardson is listed as the starting the the wide receiver two for Week One. Pete Carroll has come out and said, you know, Lockett's going to be the returner, and it sounds like he's going to be a part time player. And so you get a guy that literally is going to be two three percent owned in the highest over under of the entire week. I think all of us like both the Packers and the Seahawks' offenses, and you get just a phenomenal matchup. You get exposure to Russell Wilson, and you get Paul Richardson, who projects to see either Quentin Rollins, PFF's 87th-ranked-rated quarterback last year, Devon House, who barely played last year, but when he did, he got a poor grade from Pro Football Focus, or the rookie Kevin King. No matter how it shakes out on the outside, we saw what this dude did in the playoffs last year. And he has a chance to keep it going because of new recent developments about Curse gone and Lockett being a part-time player. Love him as a tournament option.
2: I like that, too. I mean, Paul Rich, uh, you nailed it when you talked about down the stretch of the season and the postseason. And Lockett hasn't been able to really stay on the football field in a couple years, and he's already not 100%. So I like that. A lot as well. And the reason why, you know, I already talked about Baldwin, 21 touchdowns in his last 26 games. Uh, Nobody in Green Bay really in that secondary can help him. But there's a little bit of a narrative here. It's just for whatever reason, and I touched on this earlier, is that Russell Wilson has struggled against the Packers. And he struggled in Green Bay. He threw five interceptions in a game there last season. Two years ago, he threw four. He only has four touchdowns in his last four games against them. I don't know why it doesn't make much sense, but he seems to be healthy and it's a shot that I'm willing to take. So it's Wilson and it's Baldwin. And I already talked about my out to lunch stack with the Rams. That's a GPP stack that I'm seriously going to roll out there. Uh, But for a safer stack, it's Wilson and it's Baldwin 25% of my salary on FanDuel and 27.2% of my salary on DraftKings. It's a tad high, certainly higher than what you guys are rolling out there. Uh, But, it's one that I feel comfortable about.
0: So this, your safe stack was backed up by Russell Wilson, is
2: bad against Green Bay? You're killing no, but me, it, There's meaning. no real reason for it. That's the thing. Like, he's a good matchup. Like, it was just, what, for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out that way for him. This is a great matchup. Don't you guys agree? Like, he oh, can all agree. over Green Bay. So that's why I think that some people are just going to look at that because, you know, here, we've been talking about it a lot in the fantasy community is that, oh, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. and then it's And then all I hear is, yeah, well, last year he had five interceptions. No, thanks. I'm not going to go with that. It's like, okay, well, I am because I feel fine with it, uh, and I just know there's just that safety with Doug Baldwin.
1: Well, listen to your point, Chris. When you have a feeling about a game, you just got to roll with it because everybody said the same thing last year. Remember that Thursday night game? I think it was when the Seahawks played the Rams, and just everything was screaming that the Seahawks were going to blow them out, and Russell Wilson was going to have a great game. That was the Tyler Lockett game, actually, and uh, so everybody was like, "Well, if you look at their last five and six games against the Rams, they never do anything against them." And I'm like, "I don't care what they've done in the past because look at what's happening. Jared Goff is." Trying Crash. The whole team is terrible. Jer- I don't even think Jeff Fisher coached in that game. And and Russell Wilson lit him up. And just to throw a little bit more fuel on the Paul Richardson fire, because I think it switches to P. Rich in this game, is listen, nobody is just bringing it up. But Lockett shat like he broke his fibula and his tibia last year. And that's always been something in the back of my head, remembering how bad of an injury it was that I, I've always thought that he thought that he was going to start slow. However, Because he was practicing in the preseason, I was like, oh, maybe not. But he never played in the preseason, and all reports say that Richardson's going to be on the field. Lockett's going to start slow, guys. He broke his fibula and tibia at Week 16 last year. He needs more time to get back into game action. Play Paul Richardson in tournament. All right, do you
0: guys have your lineups ready for this? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. DFS Battle Royale. All right, we're going to kick it over to Chris Meany. We're going to let you go first. Give me give me your squad of death for this 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 triangle match of doom. All right.
2: I'm excited too. Uh a lot of these guys I've Let's already go. talked about. I'm going to go with Marcus Mariota at $6,800 against the oakland raiders who can't stop anybody they think they have a good people think that the raiders have a good defense they, have they like don't a couple good Laughable. players. i'm and sorry to spoil this but they defense. don't yeah so i'm just not sure you know you guys got your little battle out there with the wide receivers but i just don't know where that <laughs> ball's going to go but i know he's going to throw it around and he's going to get his and he can make things happen on the ground with his legs like ben pointed out earlier todd Gurley in there running back at six thousand dollars that's right Bilal Powell in at $4,900. <laughs> ah, of course. I am rolling him out there. He's going to get about 8 to 10 catches in this game. Doug Baldwin is my wide receiver. One at $6,700. I say that, but Julio Jones is in there as well at $8,500 against the Bears. Larry Fitzgerald against the Lions at $5,900. I think that's an absolute steal. I think all three of us think he's a strong play this week. Zach Ertz, who we've talked about a lot, at $3,500 in against Washington, who He's just lit up over the last three years. Ted Ginn Jr. is my flex at forty two hundred dollars, and then I got the Rams D because Scott Tolzien is not good at the game of football.
0: All right, I'm going to jump in here because me and me and Meany actually share a lot oh, of no. of players on here. Well, there's plenty to, to diversify, so do not worry. There is no tie incoming, <laughs> but I'm rolling out Marcus Mariota. I paid up. I wanted that Le'Veon Bell action against the Cleveland Browns because I think he may run the ball. 56 times in that matchup. I got Todd Gurley and then of course Eric Decker, because I have my stack of the week inside of my lineup. I finish out my wide receivers with Michael Crabtree, getting them on the cheap and Larry Fitzgerald. I got Zach Ertz just like Meany. Then this is where we switch it up. My flex. I'm going with Taylor Gabriel. I'm just going to get some juice. a little bit of juice from that Chicago Atlanta matchup. And, the Arizona defense because I think that uh, they can make the uh, overall for the game, they can make uh, Detroit very one dimensional and then get some sacks and some turnovers.
1: Ben. Let's hear it. Who you got on your monster squad? Uh, you guys are obviously going to be able to tell that I'm not mostly a tournament player. Uh, I'm starting with Aaron Rodgers, like you know I, I already talked about. Uh, I got to go with Gurley. Just it's it's too good of a spot, so I got to go with Gurley. And like you said, Mike, I want Le'Veon Bell. the uh, The icing on top there was Miles Garrett getting injured, and he's yes. not going to play. Danny Shelton, the defensive tackle is probably going to play, but he had a knee injury and was supposed to be out three to six weeks, and it's only about, been about three weeks. So I'm guessing he might not even be at 100%, and they were already just absolutely trash last year. So give me Bell, even though he just reported. Uh, I'm stacking Rodgers with Randall Cobb. I am playing Richard Matthews, shocker. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw in Amari Cooper there for the upside. I love Jordy, but I can't afford it, so I'm going Amari Cooper. Uh, Zach Ertz, just such a, just lock it in in cash. Or when you're playing against a couple buddies like this, um, I'm gonna go with. Let's let's go down to the defense real quick. Just like Meanie said, I gotta go with the Rams defense. The price on top of the matchup is too nice. And in my flex, similar to a little upside like you talked about, Mike. I just talked about him. I'm putting Paul Richardson in there in the flex. Ooh, Ooh. I don't want to have a
2: water cooler bet with you that Devonte Adams has a better day.
0: Oh man, the bets are flying all over the place here on the fantasy footballers DFS podcast. But sadly we must come to a close because all good things come to an end. We wish you an absolute happy and dominant week one in all of your DFS endeavors. Do not forget. You can head over to ultimate DFS pass and get all the premium content that you will need to dominate and ensure you build up that bankroll. So for my colleagues. I am Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? Ben Cummins, Chris Meany. Please check it out, Ultimate DFS Pass, and of course, the thefantasyfootballers.com is the home base for all your fantasy footballers needs. We will see you next week. Goodbye.